Welcome to the Retail Media Moguls podcast brought to you by Platform 195. We share trends and strategies across retail media to help you accelerate your brand growth. I'm your host, Stuart Adamson. Welcome to the Retail Media Moguls podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Adamson, founder and CEO of Platform 195. Today, we have the honor of welcoming Roger Dunn, a paramount figure in the world of e-commerce and retail media. As the first person in Australia to be Amazon Advertising Certified and the visionary behind the establishment of Critio's retail media business in ANZ, Roger boasts an illustrious career that spans over two decades. His leadership-steamed organizations such as Group M, Commerce, Critio and Ubiquity provide a testament to his profound influence and prowess in the industry. And with unparalleled expertise in retail media strategy, SaaS digital solutions and agency side innovation, Roger has cemented his place as a luminary in the field in Australia. His contributions, particularly his work at the intersection of media and commerce, combined with his commitment as a founding member of the IAB Retail Media Committee, showcase his relentless drive to shape and redefine the future of retail media. Welcome, Roger, to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Look, why don't you tell us a bit about that journey? That's one I always open with because it's always fascinating to see how people have got here. Tell us a bit about how you've managed to get into this retail media world. I guess I've been over in Australia and where it's it's been happening for me, but working my way up through the agency sort of whole co, um, initially at Mediacom and then up into Group M, as you mentioned. While at Mediacom, we built a digital shelf analytics solution, which is very FMCG focused and looking at those grocery retailers for them. And we developed that into the Group M commerce offering locally. And that was obviously around the launch of Amazon in market as well. So they yeah. arrived in. 2017 and launched their ad business the next year. So there was work building that JBP out with them as a whole co. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other players, obviously, like Cartology, um, one of the earlier movers here from Woolworths. So yeah, that was kind of where I started on the demand side, if you like, for retail mm-hmm. media. Then I moved over to Critio to launch that retail media business locally. So obviously on the tech and more supply side in that case. So working with the retailers to stand up their programs. And then, as you mentioned, yeah, more recently, projects at Ubiquity, which was helping them build their retail media solution. So they obviously come at it working with the brands to help them be much more efficient and follow best practice around the space. So obviously just looking at retail media as a sizable and increasingly sizable investment portion of those brands' kind of media budgets. Um, and then most recently joined um, Citrusad, which is one of the leaders locally. So yeah, excited to get going in that one, which is relatively new, but obviously another in the technology space and looking more at the wider APJ region, which is exciting. So yeah, tell us about the region, obviously Australia in particular, because the APAC thing's more recent, but tell us a bit about that, how that evolution of retail media is happening in Australia has happened. Is it evolved? Is it just literally the last few years it's sort of taken off? What's the uptake? Yeah, well, I think as in other markets, Amazon have certainly been a catalyst in terms of coming into market and introducing their offering and that that lines locally, obviously a little later than other markets as it's a later market for them. So 2017, 2018, I guess is when it really got started. Then the grocery players, obviously Tin, you know, with Citrus ads powering that and building out, you know, that core category really, because that is one of the key categories for retail media, as you know. A competition for that shelf space from FMCG and CPG brands. And it really adds value when you can secure a better position. I think eBay obviously has been a number one marketplace, you know, for many years. 
still up there with Amazon at the top. They've always had a an in-house solution in retail media as well. And yeah, I'm sure we will see many more. There's new networks launching all the time and many retailers are kind of just exploring the space as well. That's good to see. And what about Asia Pacific? Have you sort of seen enough much going on there? Because obviously that's a quite a, people talk about Asia Pacific, Pacific, but it's actually some 16 or so very different markets. It was my early <laughs> observations. Yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned there very different markets, different languages across different markets. And even things like the alphabet used is important when you're trying to adapt a technology to a certain market. But yeah, there's certainly some big players. I think the key ones are probably going to be places like India, Korea, Japan, as kind of more mature in terms of digital. Obviously, many of those Asian markets are app first and app focused. Um, mm. so that requires, you know, a certain approach. You know, real estate on an app screen is obviously probably less than the desktop screen. So there's definitely some nuances there, but, um, very exciting space across the region, to be honest. There's, you know, a lot of appetite, a lot of interest. And, and as you see in any market, once one or two big ones get launched, then yeah. suddenly it becomes a competitive space and retailers feel like they need to, uh, you know, be on parity at least. Yeah. Do you find that there's a, we've certainly seen it in some of our clients in the travel space, but just around a desire to sort of try and build it themselves rather than take third party tech? Is that a sort of trend in Asia? I think, I mean, if you look at the real giants in Asia, if you think Alibaba or ByteDance, then, you know, they're the kind of companies which you'd imagine, you know, are and could, you know, develop further their, their own builds in terms of retail media. But there is, you know, it's, it's that perennial question between buy or build, isn't it? Um, do you want to get going quickly and get started with someone who has experience? Or do you want to probably take a bit longer and build your own and perhaps take a slightly high margin, but, you know, with all the risks built into that in terms of delivering a good product that, you know, not only delivers for your business, but delivers for suppliers and delivers for the shopper on the site as well, and mm. doesn't let anyone down. You know, there's an inherent amount of risk, you know, when you're interfering, if you like, in terms of introducing new elements on the site and building out different formats. So tell us about that sort of interplay then between retail media and e-commerce. How is that evolving in terms of how e-commerce teams are viewing retail media do you think yeah well i think if your goal as an e-commerce team is to increase sales via online channels then naturally it's a very powerful lever and tool within that space so if you have a budget and you're trying to drive some online sales then it's probably a good place to start in terms of assessing opportunities so i think we've seen in some the big fmcgs for example where the e-commerce team might be the first team sort of to be involved in the space, perhaps with an online only retailer to begin with. But increasingly that team has then either expanded or just been sort of amalgamated into the broader team and that experience to ensure that the whole team really understands online and, and is able to invest time and I guess media budgets into that space. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that integration of people who have been in e-commerce teams where retail media has been a key element of that revenue the more those people end up in teams that don't necessarily have that experience the better because they understand how the two can play together and rather than it sort yeah. of be continually be deprioritized as a sort of nice to have you know that's right the more it starts you to become actually to, yeah. well this is just a core piece of what we need to do so let's get it done and get it on the prioritization list because once it's integrated a lot of this technology for retail actually the partnerships teams can get on with it can't they 
you know the media teams can get on with selling because the platforms will will help them deliver that across the space without bothering the e-commerce teams that's right and that is probably one of the big trends in retail media is the development of the platforms and the self-serve nature of it um obviously that makes it much easier to a implement it from a retailer's perspective but introduce a service and a platform that is very easy for brands and agencies to use themselves and that is the whole point is really take the friction out of it to make sure it's easy to buy and straightforward to plan and look at your results as well but there is a journey to go on and you know those teams need to start somewhere it probably needs to be incubated to start with if you're new into the space to get some specialism and to get a core team that knows what they're talking about yeah. and then it usually becomes democratized where that experience is shared within the broader team and then it becomes every day and you know the way we're going with some of the forecasts for retail media if it's going to become the third channel taking over linear tv that it's probably an important one for everyone to be across if they're in the world of investing in media and understanding what media channels are driving i haven't seen that stuff has that recently come out is that by the iab i think that was a work study i read that one in but yeah there's digital overall i think search was second and then retail media was due to overtake linear tv i think in the next couple of years incredible Obviously, that's linear TV and CTV is obviously catching up as yeah, well. That's going to um, take that, that split out has happened. But it's obviously connected TV targeting retail media data sets as well. So it's, there's a kind of blend in that's there, right. isn't there. So obviously, Australia is just an amazing market when it comes to very strong at marketing, very strong creatively, very strong from a media point of view. Are you seeing any brands do some really nice activity in this space? Or is it still just sort of buying sponsored listings and getting on the shelf? Well, I think... As in most markets, the majority of spend is still the bottom end of the funnel with those sponsored products mm. and hardworking placements. Um, they're easy to justify. And obviously, if you're talking about driving to someone to a transaction, then that is the moment of truth when they're looking for the product on the shelf. So that's definitely the focus still. Um, I think, yeah, we'll see it connect more into CTV and those areas and formats that are much more branding focused and they'll have creative solutions then there'll be creative formats but also the creative itself within those formats will need to be suitable for those environments and therefore much more interesting i think as we plug more into social channels as well there'll be obviously an opportunity to reach people in those environments and the creative will need to be you know interesting and attractive in the feed so yeah, I think that'll be a place where more creativity will happen. And then I've seen the opposite as well. So trends in social becoming a curated bundle, say, you know, if there's a recipe that's going crazy on TikTok, that bundle of products that part of that trend can then be sold on the retailer and packaged up into a curated bundle for shoppers there. Mm. So, you know, works both ways. Interesting. It'd be interesting to see as, as brands do create that, you know, sorry, embrace this whole creative opportunity, you know, so they start pushing brand spend into retail media. It's almost an evolution. We've sort of seen it. I've seen it in past with certainly when we were doing it at Thomas Cook, you know, it started with all the sponsored listings, all the sort of standard stuff. And then by the end of it, mm -hmm. we were doing TV production for brands and, you know, targeted at data and we were doing rebranding for destinations and, you know, things that would be totally outside the realm of a retailer. But it's the natural evolution of it is that full sort of creative and content service. And if you can do things like agencies do with, you know, testing against data and, you know, you know, but your data is obviously much better. 
then actually you start to actually become much more appealing from a creative point of view and you hire the right obviously creatives you know you become much more appealing to the brands from a creative production point of view i was just going to say with retail media obviously the on-site stuff is owned and operated inventory as well as the retailers data but yeah. if you think about what retail media is off-site really is just the data of the retailers and then it can become any channel so yeah. any channel that you use on your plan because you know currently yeah. can just become a little bit more smarter or a bit more accountable and you might use it differently because of that knowledge but it's inherently you know those same formats and those same opportunities to create you know ads that through yeah and i think you know you suddenly end up with infinite inventory and many many different sort of creative opportunities didn't you Let, let's talk about yeah. the creating because you obviously had that experience in monetizing owned assets and first party data for them how are brands now navigating the challenge of this data privacy piece and obviously the cookie demise of cookies in in australia are they geared up for it or are they still sort of bit head in the sand i think it's the same as any developed market there's there are some solutions being built by various players across the ecosystem that will help fill the gap but there's no one single solution that will replace cookies at all you know in its entirety but you know locally we there are some well developed retail media networks so that first party data there obviously isn't going to be impacted so on site no impact but off site there will be challenges i guess reaching those customers again but yeah i think i mean retail is just one part of the solution really a very interesting one and you know accountable one when it comes to driving sales for brand selling online but as part of the overall ecosystem it can only you know play that part so we'll We'll have to see how the regulations develop as well, because obviously mm-hmm. there have been more recent announcements that have you know gone out to industry for feedback. So I'm sure there'll be some changes there as those could evolve and as they take into account feedback from the likes of the IAB and you know different players across the industry. So it's a bit of a moving feast, even you know locally, aside from just the cookie deprecation coming next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the regulation. Well, regulatory landscape is obviously something that we don't know what it will look like in a year or two. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about the IAB piece. Obviously, you're a founding member of the IAB Retail Media Committee. What standards do you believe are sort of paramount to establish in the industry for it to be really taken seriously? I think it's work in progress. Obviously, we've started this year with that committee, and it's a group across different retailers, different tech providers, agency people brands themselves so it is the right mix of contributors and there just needs to be some standardization on which metrics are you know the key ones to measure on and you know some form of ability to measure apples with apples across different networks so i think some things that will be looked at will be you know attribution windows should there be some common ones there obviously they do vary by different categories so there has to be some adaptability in that as well but if there's a way to have some focus there and then just the reports that we get back from different retail media networks like again retailers have the final say in terms of what transparency they're going to show in those reports but maybe some key core metrics could be common across those as well but yeah it's very much a, a work in progress as we've done some local research the state of the nation report it's interesting to get that feedback from the industry and then we've had the US launch their retail media guide. 
So there'll be some localization of that, but obviously we want to make sure it's Australia specific as well in this market. Tell me about that State of the Nation report then. I mean, what were the key sort of outputs of that? So it was asking, you know, people's opinions on, you know, how, what they would expect from retail media, how they're finding it at the moment in terms of what's available locally, where the budgets are sort of aligned from. So there are obviously various different questions there and really just getting the local buyers um, information on that and opinion on that. So that was people from agencies and people from brands. So answering that survey. But yeah, a good stake in the in the ground in terms of yeah what people think in terms of the current setup. Yeah, and then seeing how it evolves from there. Let's talk about that attribution and transparency piece. I mean, I think that's a great thing around the metrics, I think establishing that from the IB, but taking it beyond those product sales, you know, and into actually all of those things that a retailer can provide to a brand that a media owner does, you know, from awareness to reach to video views, dwell time on landing pages, all those sort of things. Are they taking those, are they starting to move in that area or is it still much more around clicks and bookings and product buys? Well, I think the transactions, the closed loop reporting will always be the core or part of the core metric and input in that metric at least. But yeah, there'll be some version of a funnel as people go through. So um, broader and more awareness type placements will have perhaps reach and frequency as a core metric. Whereas as you get further down the funnel towards, you know, adding to basket from a sponsored product placement, then that'll be much more focused on performance metrics, which are suitable to that placement. So actual visits to the product page, adds to basket and ultimately sales. So I think there has to be some framework around that in terms of different metrics or the right metric for the right format. And yeah, I think that's kind of where we need to get to. Um, There might be some more traditional digital media um, verification that's required as well. So we're seeing, you know, those third party verification like um, Double Verify or IAS become integrated into retail media um, mm. networks. And that's probably an important step, you know, even though it is inherently a much safer environment and much more controlled than, say, the open web. Yeah. Um, it's still a good benchmark to have in place for, you know, brand to be confident about, you know, what the, whether their ads being seen and obviously yeah. broad and bot free. Good. I mean, that's, that's really good to hear. So tell us about, events like Amazon Academy and Amazon Unboxed, you're obviously the first person to be certified in Australia. Tell me about these events and how they've sort of set the bar for disseminating industry knowledge. And then sort of how do you stay stay updated? Yeah, that was more of an internal program working with them to help the agencies and the whole co's kind of get up to speed. So focused on getting staff interested in into all the training programs and getting certified that way. Um, obviously introducing any new products to the team and making sure they're across the full sort of opportunities across the ecosystem. And yeah, really helping unlock, you know, opportunities and, and unlock new placements and new formats for brands that lie within those, those agencies. So it was about building a program around those and, and really, as the name applies, like unboxing Amazon as a relatively new player in the market at the time. So this was a few years ago. And really helping them kind of plug in with all of the key kind of teams across the agency. Great. Okay. And how do you stay updated in, in this world? What are you reading just for the purpose of our listeners? Good podcast is, is a nice format if you want to go deep on a topic. But um, yeah, 
no surprises like newsletters or LinkedIn and various trade press kind of I try and keep it across a different mix. So whether it's sort of media and advertising trade press through obviously retailer titles too. You know, ad exchange is always a good one from the US for the latest in terms of global tech kind of updates. Locally, sort of power retail is another good one. So yeah, lots of different places. And then yeah, once you've curated your feed in LinkedIn, then you should be getting what you've uh, what you've liked and, and followed um coming straight to you. So let's say we've only got a sort of few minutes left. So let's talk a little bit about the future. You know, how do you see what that whole retail media piece might look, say, at the end of the decade? Let's fast forward seven years to 2030. What might the landscape look like from a retailer point of view? How might the tech have evolved, you know, with AI and things like that? What do you think? Well, I think we're definitely going to get the three key areas covered. And, you know, most of them are now, but in a much more unified way. So if we think on-site, search and banners off-site into all of the various channels that that could be as channels become digitized in the future as well so we're thinking sort of programmatic video and display into ctv and then in-store and obviously the in-store piece that's going to take a little bit longer to digitize but you know there's already plenty of screens and stores but you'll have digital shelving you know digital end of aisle kind of placements and you know, all of those elements will become much more accessible, I'd imagine, mm. and much more, you know, the ability to plan those in one place. I think, yeah, AI, obviously, and, you know, tools to optimize within those channels will become, you know, much more prevalent as well and deliver, um, you know, good outcomes in terms of being much more efficient. I think, obviously, with the changes in the landscape from a regulatory perspective, you know, those that clean room um, part of the landscape is going to become important. So you've got Amazon's marketing, but, you know, there'll be third parties in there as well, helping any retailer really unlock the value of their data, but do it in a really privacy and compliant way. Um, and that'll be an important one to then obviously push that data into different media environments where it can be used and, you know, from a targeting perspective, but also measurement on the way back. So that's definitely a place I think it will become important. And then there might be other ones which you know, just a very nascent in the moment, but how do you manage your whole supply chain using retail media? If you have a glut of supply, then perhaps it can plug straight into retail media to drive sales of that product line. And equally, if you're out of stocks, then retail media often turns off there. But how do you manage that whole process is an interesting one I, I was reading about the other day. So I think there's definitely all of those things where it then plugs into the broader retailers and brands ecosystem and how it can add value there. Yeah, very good. So for businesses that are just sort of entering this space, there's probably two questions here. One is, what are the pain points that you're really seeing in there? And then what advice would you kind of give them to get this thing yeah. up and running in a, in a quick way? So obviously working for technology companies more recently, I do feel like the technology piece is probably easier to solve these days in the sense that there are built-for-purpose platforms to help a retailer set up a program. But I think you've probably heard in the industry, it's it's more than just the technology. You need to have buy-in from the top, but then the actual teams in place that understand this essentially a new business for a retailer. So retailers are very good at you know selling a product and that's their core business, but becoming a media owner and having the relationships with the right teams to sell media into those teams and, and go after different budgets than you've had before in terms of marketing budgets versus maybe trade budgets that you're used to. That obviously needs a different perspective and probably a different experience set 
can be learned, but perhaps would need some injection of resources or talent in there to make sure it's coming from an experienced place. So I think they're probably the challenges and they're not insurmountable, but definitely areas to think about as you're building out your program, you know, text one thing, people is another, and and then how you set the KPIs and the relationships between people, both internally, but also, you know, with those JVPs externally, whether mm-hmm. you're a retailer with brands or a retailer perhaps with the tech platform. Yeah. Tell me a bit of just, Brian, before we end, just around the Citrus ad piece. Is it still a case of retailers are taking that on as as a ad serving and obviously you know for retail media tool, and therefore most and all the spend is still coming in to the retailer across the technology in their platforms, or are you seeing now that there are brands coming to you directly in order to you know go across multiple retailers? How's that relationship evolving or working now? I think. Um, retailers are certainly coming to us um, for the technology to set yeah. up their own programs. I think, you know, today, most of those have been a white label, if you like. So yeah. the technology is built for purpose and, you know, specific to that retailer. But we are seeing both in a number of different markets where network plays are coming together, where the retailers perhaps are more more numerous in their numbers, but smaller in their size. And therefore, to aggregate that across a network by makes much more sense um, because you know there are so many players that it's probably a small number of players that can build their own there's a big number of players who can have their own retail media network and to attract you know advertisers but then you know they get to a point where there's just only so many a brand can handle and manage within their core team and then it becomes helpful if there are ways to sort of reach an aggregate number of retailers that you know combined are actually quite an impressive offering but individually yeah. would be difficult to manage that's interesting so there's almost sort of a two-tier thing emerging with the sort of almost like the old ad network piece underneath and then the wow. the big players at the top wow amazing great roger look i think we're just we'll hit our half hour so i'm going to just say thank you immensely for enlightening our retail media moguls podcast with your profound expertise we'd love you to come back at some point and tell us about how things are going and probably a bit more about the Asia Pacific market once you've got your feet under the desk and your well, your bum on the seat of the plane. I suppose you know that would be great if you could come back and talk to us about that, and also how the IB is developing things in Australia. It'd be really good if you might come and do that for us. Yeah, fantastic. Well, great, really good to talk to you, and yeah, thanks for having me on. And yeah, I'll keep my ears open for for the other episodes as well. Look forward to it. Great, thanks, Roger. The Retail Media Moguls podcast is brought to you by Platform 195. To learn more about Platform 195 and how to connect retail media with intelligent marketing to accelerate growth, visit platform195.com. And then make sure to search for Retail Media Moguls in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at Platform 195, Thanks for listening.